0: Welcome to Bruinsource. This is Isaiah. This is Zed. And we're here today recording on Tuesday, September 3rd after a wild weekend of sports, UCLA sports.
1: Yeah, it took us this long to come to terms with what happened last week.
0: We definitely needed some time to sit on exactly the results from Thursday's game um, in Cincinnati.
1: Yeah. It was um, to put it lightly, a complete and utter letdown. Yeah, for me I mean, at least.
0: I think I think that encapsulates exactly UCLA's past twenty years of <laughs> just ups and downs. Um, we saw progression. Uh, it's just so sad. After the Stanford game, we were pretty hopeful we were going to come into the year with that type of offense, and we got the complete opposite so yeah i mean given that the team's a little bit different we we lost wilton spate who was getting into a groove and caleb wilson but we still expected uh dtr to pick up from where he was after the cow and uh arizona game
1: right and well not only that as like all the the buzz about him over summer and from fall camp that we were hearing right so that got us hopeful as well i mean if you listen to any of our previous episodes which i know lots of people do um we have a lot of adoring fans i know i know we do Um, (laughs) (laughs) um like there was a lot of good stuff coming out about dtr and the team in general and then like, yeah, it didn't come to fruition when game time came. I mean, let's just let's just get into it at this point. I mean, we were predicting a win, by the way, which we were obviously wrong. I
0: about. was predicting a two-touchdown win, which uh, we nearly lost by two touchdowns, so quite <laughs> right the opposite.
1: So, if you remember our kind of preview episode of this game, I think we... Or at least I had us, you know, actually possibly losing to them to start off the first half. And so it was a close game going into the half. And so I was still not panicking at that point, even though we didn't look great. But then the wheels really came off in the second half. Like I know the score doesn't look as bad as it was, but it felt worse.
0: Yeah, and I, I think most of us weren't really... We knew Cincinnati was going to be a tough team. I would say right. half of the fan base. Uh, more towards... Closer to the game, more, maybe 60% more were going for UCLA just because we were excited with the the result of fall camp and the fact that we didn't have injuries. We, we thought that six out of the seven players that didn't play were going to be on the field. Um, so... In that case, we did expect uh you know a much more improved team, and we most i would say sixty forty expected UCLA to pull out a win um, given how we played at the end of last year and I think that was fairly valid, but I also think I mean with this game like, we still had so many chances to even pull it within like it wasn't as Cincinnati was completely destroying us; it was just felt like we were beating ourselves with mistakes um, yeah. And that started
1: was, with the first drive. Right. It was a weird game overall. I mean Yeah, talking about the first drive. I mean, we we got that big stop on their first drive and it felt like, you know, we were I literally when I was watching I turned to my uh coworker who's also an alum and he I was like, Are we kinda good are we good now? And he was like, Maybe and then it just sort of fell apart from there after they got that stop, and then we were driving, and then the fumble. That fumble was just was a backbreaker. It truly, truly was a backbreaker, and that sort of set the tone for the rest of the game, both on offense and defense. But I guess let's start with what we liked okay. before we get into what we didn't like. What let's did you like? There.
0: Um, I did. I I liked how um active our defense was. So Chris Barnes seemed like he had a great game. Not seem he did. Uh, Josh Woods also. They Josh Woods had six tackles for his game back. I was happy to see that. Um, Chris Barnes seemed to be everywhere in the field. He led the team in tackles. I believe he had nine um, unassisted. Um, our our run defense was great. Uh, Agreed. so so our front seven—I mean, we weren't able to get pass rush, which we will get into later—but I did. I mean, we we limited Michael Warren to under four yards, so per carry. So, and their running back stable wasn't able to get the big runs that we saw them get last year. So that was positive to see.
1: Right, you're absolutely correct. I was pretty impressed with the run defense on the front seven. And it really did seem like the, the game plan was to really key in on that run. And I think, like we've talked about in the past, we have some big, strong, run-stopping talent there. The problem is it's like they're big and strong, but they're not particularly fast. And yeah, so they're not we, agile. There's no agility. There's no quickness. And I felt like our defense overall lacked a lot of speed. You know, there's... If they got, you know, into the kind of second you know, half of the defense, it was sort of, they would get some chunk chunk plays. Um, but you, I, I do agree. We, we were able to stop the run, and that was very positive. But our secondary, just the coverages were not there, not effective. And I don't know if that was by scheme or what the deal there was, but I can't, like... I know we 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 said we were going to talk about positives, so I'll get into this later. Um,
0: <laughs> we we, I'm, we, I'm we going tend to keep track. bearing back.
1: <laughs> I'm going. I, it's it's just yeah. too easy to. Um, but you're correct. Uh, run defense, run defense. I think also was solid. Um, on the offense, the uh, Raymond Felton at running back, and just as a player in general, was fantastic. I thought.
0: I mean, yeah, Raymond. I mean, Demetric. He did get Demetric. Raymond. <laughs> oh my God! I called him
1: Raymond Felton. I am so sorry.
0: We were thinking of uh, our our favorite. What was he? Former Clipper, Bobcat, Nick. Raymond maybe. Felton.
1: To be fair, is built like a
0: running back, so he is. So I think the comparison was fair to make. Um, and mistake. So, yeah, with Raymond, I,
1: I, <laughs> with Raymond, he. Uh, Dimitrik, sorry. I feel like I feel like calling Dimitrik Felton Raymond Felton is an insult to Dimitrik. And I apologize I on behalf of Bruin's source to Dimitrik Felton and his family and friends. I doubt Raymond
0: Felton's ever ran anything less than a 4.8. So. <laughs> <laughs> Dimitri probably has gotten him especially with the one play um so but yeah, with Dimitri, he did i mean he he was a force uh I would say again I, he was better you know at the past plays we saw the one where he broke he broke out for a touchdown, and um and most people were like, "Okay, this is what we're talking about again, it gave us a flash um i was I was pretty i i did i thought he he did everything he could um, i right. still think he's a pure slot wide receiver who who's not who doesn't necessarily have the vision or experience of running in between tackles he's great on the edge i remember in the t- season preview we talked about jet sweeps and how yeah, he was we did. used for that
1: he did but. have some sort of slippery plays though up the middle where i thought he looked you know, he was able to kind of see small holes and get through them and, you know, fall forward for decent yardage. Now he's not, you're right in the sense for sure that he's not like a guy who's going to bruise through the middle, but he was surprisingly more effective. I would rather have seen Irby in that role and get Felton in different situational plays where I think he excels more at, like you said, into space and Uh, as a slot kind of back coming out of the backfield. But um, I was surprised at how decent he looked going up the middle as well.
0: Yeah, but again, I I agree. I want to see Irby. I want to see other guys get reps behind. If Kelly's not playing, uh, I liked what I saw from Irby last year, and I wanted to see improvement on that. So him getting only three carries kind of, I was like, uh, I wanted to see more of him. That's how... My opinion on the um the rushing the running
1: game. Right. Uh is there anything more positive to say? Uh <laughs> are we are we done with positives?
0: No, I mean Mafi again, we have to give him a shout out. He did well. Fair. Uh Mafi did well. I actually I mean, I think for the adjustment of Sean Ryan and joint gains, like they 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 really struggled but i i do i'm looking forward to them improving and i think it was game, good game experience for them um Sean Ryan i believe gave up two penalties i believe um which is he's a true freshman first game getting up to speed so i'm i'm looking forward to him i'm not i don't have any qualms about how he did uh yeah i think and then again our, oh and then Elijah Gates and Jay Shaw with the interception which i think that was another thing i don't know if you felt this way so when jay shaw got the got the interception near the end of the first half when he was running it back i was i thought to myself i was like please 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 take it all the way back because if he doesn't then we're going to end up messing this up. That's how little confidence I had in our offense at that point. I was, I was looking I, forward to the defense scoring on our behalf. I was like, just give us some hope. And some. I momentum. felt the
1: same way. I felt exactly the same way. Yeah, and I think that
0: kind of spoke to the night of where we were like, our defense was getting turnovers. Uh, Harris also, I like that. So that was another thing. Harris stripped the ball um you know he came in as a grad transfer he's a little bit older and he saved that drive because that was going to be a big play as well and that didn't go on the stats luckily because uh he came in and just completely busted it open and so harris doing that we our defense had some good turnovers um you know they it wasn't big it players. was yeah they had some big plays of Chris Barnes, which, I mean, easily could have gone 50-50, and that could have been called a fumble, and it wouldn't have been reversed, and that I feel would have been a touchdown. That. Yeah, and we would have probably lost by three um, instead of 10. But, <clears throat> yeah, our defense really, uh, I, I think there's much to be improved, and and especially with Keyshawn Lucy herself, if he picks up where he was last season, I think our defense is going to hopefully again this is me being the optimist go the way of trending up um so yeah i mean i don't particularly like the bend don't bend don't break defense that we saw but yeah uh it it, it made sense for the first game of the season and getting our my
1: problem right. with it though is we've seen it since last year and like it it bent so much that it kept breaking. Like every time we had a good chance at getting a three and out or stopping them on a third and long, we just played some stupidly soft coverages and there was always, I feel like, an open receiver on that on those plays for to for Cincinnati to get an easy completion and get the yardage to get the first down or more. And I thought that's what was what was so frustrating, and especially for a defense um, that is so thin, and especially like linebacker, like getting them off the field should have been key. And they kept, they were getting fatigued by the end of it, I think.
0: Yeah, you saw, it. I mean, we still, our conversion rate for uh, stopping the third down um plays was still 50% which was higher than our, our very poor 48% last year that we had so it wasn't it, we that was one thing we didn't have improvement on and i put that to the scheme more so to the players as you said yeah and, no and that's and, fair and uh, i think yeah we 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 tend to play conservative and we let them have those downs and we we kind of put it in cincinnati's hands to mess up uh, a drive like, especially by the time they're in third down. Just didn't want to give up the big play. And I think for that, Cincinnati just chipped away until they got close enough. And by the time, like you said, our defense was tired and they weren't able to stop them in the red zone or Cincinnati messed up, you know. And so we did give them a lot of leeway in that in that in that part.
1: Yeah. It was it was it was beyond frustrating and they kept showing I don't know if you noticed, like, all the shots of Jerry Azanaro standing on the sideline, like, looking really um, flustered, like a very flustered Santa Claus. Yeah. (laughs) And I was like, it it was just, like, so frustrating to just to see his face. Like, he just looked like he didn't know what he wanted or needed to do in those situations. And it was like, why is this guy our our DC right now?
0: And I think... That speaks to, I don't know, I mean, I think it goes for the whole fan base and both schools. I think we continue to underestimate that maybe Cincinnati is a really good team once again. And I, they
1: returned see, a I lot think of players. That's fair, and I think they will be a good team. But again, like you pointed out earlier, I, they didn't blow us out or anything to blow us out of the water. Like They also didn't look that great. It was their first
0: game, and the same thing could be said for many teams in their first week, so. This is
1: true, but I just, there was just not, I don't know, there was, there were too many of the same issues that we've seen in the past season as well, popping up again in this first game that we, you would hope to see addressed, um, to, for me at least, to just simply chalk it up as this was the first game, um... It just seems too easy of an excuse,
0: and I think w- another big thing was the, the fact that we had nine penalties. That was, it was just that was not something you don't want to see at first or the last game. Um, so uh, that was like a regression back to the Mora era. Yeah, and that that brings that's that's PTSD for most of us
1: Bruin fans. And, when it, when and whenever we see some those of, yellow flags, right some of that was also due to the young ol right like the guys like sean ryan and john Gaines in there um you know kind of throws off the whole mojo of the unit so i not particularly worried about that yet if it happens again against san diego state then yeah i will be a little bit more concerned but you know Coming into a hostile environment and having a bunch of false starts with a young, a couple of young guys on the O line, like in my opinion, is fairly forgivable. Um, but some of the other, other, like there was an unsportsmanlike conduct by Boss, like that shouldn't be happening. Yeah, I agree. I mean, the guy did flop, and Boss was oh, trying
0: to protect his quarterback. But it's like absolutely just did. don't even put yourself in that position when you're in this position of the game when you're down it it makes sense protect the qb but let's get a score here don't bring it back don't kill the momentum know that the cincinnati player is probably going to flop uh, especially with how they're playing that's of course that's what they're going to do
1: yeah you're you're in front of a home crowd and it's clear like the officiating was terrible on both sides like I don't think the officiating favored one team over the other or anything, but they were not good. And so I think it was still, it was pretty evident by that point. And you just got to keep your head cooler than that. Agreed. Especially as uh, one of the
0: older linemen. Uh- right. Yep. Um, And then I guess there's one thing we've been avoiding, which is uh, DTR's performance overall. We've hinted at it, but how did you feel? Did you think he should have been benched during this game, or do you think um,
1: Kelly did the right thing of keeping him in? The emotional part of me was, yes, calling for him to be benched by the third quarter. Uh, And I I imagine that's after his interception. I was, yeah, I was fine with him coming back. He did have a great first half, obviously, but I was okay with him coming back to see, you know, hopefully he's played a half of of football in a live game at this point in a hostile crowd. Like, hopefully he's kind of calmed himself down, gotten the nerves under, you know, control and will come out and execute a little bit better. And frankly, I thought he came out and was worse. Um. And it's it was, you know, some of them were very self-inflicted. The fumbles just, like, that first fumble on the first drive was just unforgivable. He just dropped it for no good reason. Like, he was under some pressure, but he wasn't getting hit. He just dropped the ball. Um, just completely slipped. Just, I, I don't know what happened there. And then, you know, the, the interception was was bad. I don't know what. Well, the one interception,
0: supposedly there was a miscommunication. Michael Iziki was supposed to continue his route up, and he just didn't. Uh, but, I mean, the throw itself, it looked like it was one of those off the back foot that he just... failed it up. It, it just didn't do him any favors on the optics of the throw. Um, right. what whether what he saw when the camera veered you're just like who is he throwing it to you know and yeah. and that and then especially in the context of the situation it felt like a desperation heave uh, a classic one a classic one that a freshman would make not a sophomore right. and so I, I was I was infuriated when I saw that because it just it continues on top of the other turnovers just felt like things were piling on and he was inside his head and we all know we all look forward to... I mean, many people are now calling for him to be a wide receiver, which I find ridiculous um, because I just... I have I, not
1: seen that, but that is... I agree, it's ridiculous at this point.
0: And I think a lot of it, I don't even think it comes down to race. I think it has to do with the fact that he played wide receiver in Bishop, at Bishop right. Yep. So, fair enough. But I don't even think... Uh, to be a wide receiver in CAA, I, I don't think he necessarily... It's just it's. A, I won't go into that conversation, but um, I, I think he needs to improve at quarterback. I think he has arm. Again, it's just is all mental, and uh, I think there was there was other play when he just overthrew it on on Jordan Wilson, and that would have been a touchdown. Ball. Yeah, and that was again just all of us frustrated, just saying like DTR, you are forcing this too hard. I think that's the biggest thing is that most of us just felt this type of like. It's okay to have a chip on your shoulder, but you have to be calm about it. And I he, think he, uh, it, it just throwing...
1: feels. Yeah, go ahead. It
0: just feels like in all these mental mistakes is that he's in his own head. Um, again, that's okay. He's a twenty twenty one year old, but um, hopefully, but that's a
1: bad thing to have or ba- a bad habit to have as a quarterback. What to overthrow or no? What, just to, to be in your own head, like oh. You got to be able to move on from your mistake and just completely forget about it game to game, like, or to play to play, really. If you're oh. going to make a mistake and dwell on it and just, you know, get in that rut, like, I can't think of a single successful quarterback that has that trait. Oh, yeah. You're
0: completely right. I take, so yeah, the, I guess the, the best saying that they say about a quarterback is they have a short memory. Um, it goes for the same for basketball players who are great shooters. They have a short right. memory. They forget, yep. forget their miss, forget what they've done. They they improve on it and they say, "I'm not going to make that again." And they trust themselves. That didn't seem like that was the case, right? Going- Especially
1: in a game. Like you go back and watch the tape after the game and learn from it. And that is the acceptable, and obviously, like the thing you should do. But within a live game. If you throw an interception or fumble it, like you got to move on and just forget about it. But instead, he just really seemed to internalize all those mistakes, and yeah. it just got worse.
0: Yeah, I take back what I said when I meant that it's okay for him to be that way because it was okay for his freshman year. But it, this is the first
1: game of his sophomore year, <laughs> right? <laughs> yes, and and again, it's um, it's interesting. Like just you were mentioning his throwing and his. Arm strength and power. uh, He he seems to like laser every ball, which is something I noticed last season as well. And I was like, okay, he's a freshman. He's you know just putting a lot of juice on that that throw. But I was hoping to see him, you know, use a little bit more touch this season. Like that throw to to uh, Jordan Wilson, the deep ball. Like if he had put a little bit of touch, a little bit of air under that, like that's a touchdown. And that's a a throw that you would hope that your second-year guy is able to make. And I just, I didn't see that out of him. He was still just, just powering it to people.
0: And he only threw, I, there was one that he put some air on, which was the one to Jalen Irwin, which was a bit underthrown. And Jalen Irwin kind of turned around. I think it was supposed to be a back-shoulder throw. Right. Uh, and luckily, J- Jalen came down with it. Um But that was, it was just like he's still trying to find that sweet spot between the two. Uh, We saw one of them, but for the most part, like you said, they are complete overthrows. He overthrew one to Kyle Phillips. It was just, it kept happening. And we were like, what is going on? Or he threw it too short and it it just bounced before he even got near the feet of a wide receiver, I believe it was Diamond
1: Lee. Right. And it was, yeah. And the, the worst part was like some of those receivers were getting open. I did want to mention that as a positive. Like, I I saw a lot of decent separation from a lot of those guys, and they were getting open in positions to make plays. And the frustrating part was he just could not get the ball to them.
0: So, it's his first game. Um, I'm going what, to say that... Wait, what were you going to say? One last thing?
1: I was just going to say, like, as the weekend went on and the and the rest of college football, there were just so many true freshmen quarterbacks who came like started last weekend and started for big teams and looked good. It just made like me more depressed about DTR's game and like his development as we've seen so far. Like I did not feel great about him going forward. It just it sucked. So do we? I, context,
0: I, I guess to stay on this, um, do we feel? I mean, the whole thing is when we lose, we always look for reasons and whatnot. But are we? Do we have Bible on on notice? Dana Bible in terms in regards of his improvement and his coaching ability. Like, is this something we keep an eye on in that regard, or uh, because he's had him for two years now, and I I think when you mention the other younger guys there's no way they come in from uh, you know the other younger guys across the country come in and, and learn a system so fast and, and and they're that they're that calm when they're going on the road in Tallahassee or they're you know playing their first game against you know a tough team in Florida State or they're they're Jaden Daniels at Arizona State and they're throwing for 3 TDs against a cupcake like Kent State you know and both of all three, all all the you know the freshman quarterback, Bo Nix, Bo Nix. Well, Bo Nix, uh, you know, if you actually look at the stats, he had a comparable game to to DTR. Uh, he just happened to have that big drive at the end of the Auburn game, and he was able but to see, bring them back. And so he he was a gamer. He was a like that, he was a.
1: But that shows poise and sh- some of those intangibles that we talked about earlier that we haven't seen from DTR yet.
0: And so, and Bo Nix. When you look at the stat line, uh, they're not much different. But again, we remember that game-winning drive, and that's what we remember—the wins or losses, like you said. Um, so right. Bo Nix is another one. There was there's what four that uh had standout games?
1: Yeah, there are three or four. Um. It, yeah, I mean. L- it's an interesting point about Bible. I it'll it remains to be seen. I don't think I have not heard about him being on notice or on any sort of hot seat. Um, I just it's hard to tell at this point. By all accounts, he's supposed to be a very good quarterback coach, and you know, people talk him up as a quarterback whisperer, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera.
0: Yeah, Matt Ryan. Um, right. A few other guys from BC
1: right and so i i just i don't know if it's him or you know at the end of the day he could be a great coach and dtr could just not be as talented as we thought
0: yeah uh, i'm am I'm, I'm on the side where we have to look at all things and i would just rather not blame dtr just yet i'm uh, not if if we see a pattern of course then maybe there's something bigger going on that that it's
1: not coachable um Right, I'm not, and and to be clear, I'm not, for me, I'm not ready to completely give up on him yet, Um, but it is concerning, you know, after all the news of fall and, you know, the development from last year and blah, 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 we've talked about it ad nauseum at this point, like, for him to come out and play that way um, was incredibly depressing. Agreed. Agreed it to agree. And, I mean, look, I want him to succeed as much as any other, you know, UCLA fan or Bruin, and I would love for him to come out in the next game and just ball, but I just, right now, my, my confidence in him is not high enough to where I think that will happen.
0: Well, I think, I guess... This, takes, this is a segue for next week. I think next week's game is going to tell a bit about where he improves as well we take on San Diego State. I
1: do want to mention one other thing before we go to San Diego State, and this was actually one of the more disheartening things for me, was how bad our special teams were again. Oh, yeah. Again, you which know, is a reflection of the head coach. Right. We talked so much about how bad it was last year and how during fall camp there seemed to be a lot of emphasis and a lot of practicing and drilling and, you know, blah, 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 all sorts of different things that we were trying to look, it seemed like we were trying to do to improve our special teams. And in this game, they were still horrible. I mean, we made a coaching change, and it's still horrible. I just, I like, I don't understand how we can't just be average at this. And it's the worst part is, like, UCLA used to always, even when we sucked, we had solid special teams. Yeah, they usually bailed us out. <laughs> yeah, times. right. Punting is winning, man. Punting is winning. But now it's like punting is losing every yeah. time.
0: I was, I was like, please, just don't punt. Just go for it. Fourth down. Fourth and... F-.
1: I'm they're usually they're with gonna, you on the going it for it. Fourth down on a lot of plays. <laughs> there was one play call that really sticks out to me. Towards the end of the game when we were down 10 and had the ball and we decided to go for it and at, like, their 30 or even closer than kick the field goal when we cl- we still needed... Three to tie the game. I hated that play call. Like that, we if we had kicked the field goal and assuming we hit the field goal, that gives us some momentum for the defense to try to get a stop and at least try to tie the game. If if Chip had you know gone gotten the kicked the field goal, we make the field goal, got a stop, and if we somehow miraculously scored a touchdown and he wanted to go for two to try to win, I would have been more okay with that than going for it on that fourth down.
0: I see. And it follows a path of more of a... Yeah, I guess that is a thing in terms of understanding where Chip's heads at. And I, that was another question, Mark. Like, the scheme made sense if you had the players. It just feels like... I I, I still did disagree with the choice of Dimitri, not Raymond, Dimitri Felton, to, uh, to be our running back, but it's like, does Chip understand the players that he has? And that's always going to be a question mark for me in, in regards to like, he has these great schemes, but he doesn't have the players to run them just yet. And I remember specifically when he started coaching, he said, uh, not verbatim, but he mentioned a quote that, I'm paraphrasing, uh, the best coaches are able to work with the guys that they have and understand the personnel and coach that. be successful and I know that's one thing that he is pushing for bringing in his guys but also working with you know some of the the guys that he still has left over from Morris tenure um so I that's one concern of mine as we move forward because a lot of people we didn't have problems with the play design I mean there was a lot of motion at the beginning and then you know he's it slowed down by the end but um yeah if you want to do all these schemes make sure your players are able to execute them um outside right, of, of 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 dtr's errant errant throws which are just inexcusable and that you can't put that necessarily on chip but yeah um, agreed. But put them in put them in a like in a system that's if they don't understand the concepts simplify it um we've seen that work and uh i just hope that chip's not overthinking this whole thing and he's continuously looking at the long-term and then putting this again, like once I get my guys and their olders and juniors and seniors, I don't know if you have that much time, Chip, especially when you claim that you have so many freshmen on on our staff.
1: I mean, right. on our, on our I, team. I'm fine with him looking long-term and, you know, building to that, you know, his future state of the program and whatever he wants to get to. But at the same time, you know, Truly great coaches will take what they have and adjust their schemes and adjust, you know, the, the play calling and everything that they need to, to t- kind of take advantage of what they have there and utilize it in the best way. And I just, it doesn't always, at least in that game, didn't it seem like he was doing that. Um, so it remains to be seen. I, like, he can keep trying to get his guys and install whatever he needs to over the next year or so, but if he's not going to be winning games and he's just kind of trying to play a long game, I don't know if he'll survive that long, but we'll our, see. Our
0: fans, are, um, they're patient, but they're more patient than a regular uh, top 25 uh, program, but they still are itching for a win. Wins yeah. and, very, and wins very soon, uh, given our booster's new mentality, that right. over the past few years. So we'll see. Exactly. I, just, I hope Chip is not playing a long, long game, and he's only playing right uh, long game. But with, wow. with that said, like uh, here's the thing: it's the first game of the season. We've seen this with other teams over it. It's college football that they can. We've seen teams go two and three and end up making the Rose Bowl, or one and three, actually. Um, We've seen other teams uh, lose their first game against uh, out of conference uh, for the second year in a row and their fans calling for the firing of a second year coach and that team going on to win a big game. I'm not saying that's going to happen for us, but it's the first game of the season. This is the week of overreactions. That's what you're getting here, um, hopefully, and nothing that we have to repeat too much uh, throughout the season.
1: This is fair, and I, I agree to some extent. One thing we didn't really talk about, and I think we can segue into kind of this week's game, is we were missing seven starters. How much of this last game do you chalk up to missing those guys? And do you think that's sort of more of an excuse? Or do you think there's a legitimate argument to be made that, yes, if we had all seven of those guys or even two or three of those guys, we end up winning this game?
0: Uh, I don't know if it'll make that much of a difference. We maybe were that much closer. Um, the reason being, cause most of those starters were on, uh, defense, I guess Owls, Michael Owls would have made a big difference on the O-line and, um, in that regard and them being in sync and Alec Anderson obviously would have provided depth at, um, at left tackle or he would have been starting. So. I think those two positions, yeah, I mean, it it may have made a big difference thinking about it. But I just, I I think with, like, you can't count on a Darnay Holmes to make a big play for us in order for us to win a game. It's just, I I, I wouldn't chop it up necessarily to that. I think our team is going to be better, definitely. Um, But I just think we got outmatched in the Cincinnati game. I don't know, from what I saw on the field, uh, how much of a difference they would have made. And this is our future team as well that we're going to see. I, I don't think losing those seven guys out of 55 should have affected that much. And then if so, that speaks to our, our lack of depth. Because most of those guys yeah. are missing. I think half of them are still Moore's guys. Um, Theo, Theo right. KLS, and Darnay. You know, and these guys who are the headliners for who was missing this game.
1: Right. No, I and I, I totally agree with you. I think, you know, having those guys obviously would help maybe having Darnay in the lineup we're a little bit more aggressive on our coverages and on third downs. But ultimately, I don't think we can sit there and say, yeah, 100%, we had those guys, we win this game. Um, it's, you know, having Theo Howard maybe helps, you know, but again, DTR is not throwing it to him like... He hasn't been thrown to
0: him in fall camp as well, so... Right. The receivers that we saw in the field were the ones that DTR was working with during camp.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, I, I, it feels like a cheap excuse to me to say, you know, that's why we lost. Um, but, that being said, do we think... With the report from practices this week saying none of those guys are in the golden jerseys anymore, do we actually think, do we think they're actually healthy for this game? Or is this another, yeah, they're healthy, but they're not actually healthy situation? No,
0: I, I think if anything, we can take away that Chip Kelly will play them when he wants to. We won't know till game time. Um, and the two-deep chart doesn't really mean much other than the fact that those guys are uh, relatively healthy, <laughs> and they're not out for the season. Um, I don't expect to see... I mean, maybe we'll see Josh Kelly. I think we'll see maybe Alves back, but I don't think those guys are going to be back for San Diego State, a majority of them. Um, so you I don't think gonna, Theo do.
1: or Darnay will be back?
0: Maybe one of the two, but I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see either. Um which is disappointing because this is a game you want to get them back in some reps. But uh, I think just how late their injuries came in, whatever it is, I think Chip is going to be cautious uh, until conference play. Maybe, I, I? don't. That's my concern. I would rather them, I mean, given, of course, they need to be healthy to be on the field. But if they're dressed up and they think they can play, I want them to get some reps during San Diego State and, and play to to beat San Diego State to a point where the fourth quarter doesn't matter. And I I guess that's hinting towards our preview of San, T- San Diego State just from the game I saw them play which was a complete bore fest, but uh yeah, I we'll see how that. What do you how do you feel about the 2D chart and if these guys when do you think they're going to come back?
1: Uh I I I'm I'm on the same boat as you. I don't think we're going to see them play this week. Um if they're healthy enough, I'd like to see them in for a few plays just to get them, you know, into games and get get them kind of going um, in a live game. You know, I don't, I would not like to see Darnay returning anything if he's, you know, even slightly injured. Put him in for a few plays at corner and, and you know, get him warmed up and tuned up a little bit. Um, but I, I I generally agree with you. I don't I don't think we're gonna see them. I think you know the the too deep is very you know not accurate, and it, it it sort of it reminds me of like Bill Belichick doing weird things with the injury reports, right, in the NFL. Like, chips just putting out all sorts of weird two deeps and depth charts just to you know put them out there and not. Not give anything away, yeah, which Everyone's I'm fine with, with that. yeah, right, um, so I'm not putting any sort of um, credence to the two deeps and depth charts that are coming out for, and being released by the team just i don't I don't buy any of them,
0: which is completely fine, I think, in that regard, so I'm okay with that
1: yeah i I agree, I agree, but. On to San Diego State. So I only watched a part of this game because it was so incredibly boring. But you did you, did you watch the whole thing?
0: I watched parts of it, too. I tuned in and I was watching other games. Uh, but uh, I did see a, probably half of it. Um, I would tune in just to see what kind of plays they're running and whatnot.
1: Right. Right. I mean, San Diego State always has been sort of known to have a nasty defense. Um, you know, Rocky Long has been there for a while now.
0: Also, a former coordinator at U C. Also, former
1: defensive coordinator. He was coordinator. a DC here. When was he?
0: Uh, 97 and 98. Bob Toledo's years.
1: Back in the day when we were good. Um, so, yeah, they're, they're Sorry, always. Sorry,
0: 96 sort of- and 97, so right before.
1: Yeah, we're still pretty solid. Um, yeah, so he's still head coach. We know what to expect in terms of they're gonna have a solid to good defense. Um, their offense obviously looks god awful.
0: Yeah, Agnew was pretty bad. Um, their 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 quarterback Agnew. I just, I wasn't impressed at all. I mean, obviously he didn't have as big as a spotlight on DTR, but he had a pretty bad game of errant throws as well. He just could get it going.
1: Right. So it's like, I don't know what to think of this game. This game will either be, you know, like 6-3 going into half and like end like 9-3 or something stupid or somehow we get it together and our offense gets going and we blow them out. I don't, th- I, if they win, I don't think it's going to be by a huge margin based on what we saw last week. I agree. Um,
0: I think one thing, uh, so previewing their defense, they run a 3-3-5, um, which again, it's, it's made for, to protect the pass. And I think that's going to be interesting to see how DTR improves. Um, with a defense that I would say is actually has fairly solid DBs. They had one safety, which Tyreek Thompson is one to look out for because he is a gamer, and he had some pretty big plays against Weber State. They held up. I mean, that's a reason, one of the biggest reasons why they shut them out was their defense. Um, Weber State's not good, don't get me wrong. Their quarterback was absolutely, had no business being on even a FCS school. Uh, he just he just it wasn't good and I felt bad. It got to a point I just felt bad for the guy. But um, with that said, San Diego State uh, they do have a solid um, DB and and pass pass protection. So I I do I would like to see if I see DTR improve on his passings um, with this defense. I would chop that up as improvement because San Diego State yeah they weren't able to get anything on offense but. Their defense did hold up for what it was and what they had. They did their job, to say the least.
1: Yeah, and that's sort of what I'm expecting. I mean, they're they're gonna be try to put up a stout defense against our offense, which also looked terrible last last week. Um, and I think the difference is gonna be, you know, whether or not DTR shows up this game, um, like that is the number one thing I am looking for is, does he make some sort of improvement here? And I'm not, I don't think, I don't necessarily expect him to come out and, you know, become Brett Hundley out there all of a sudden. Um, yeah, seriously, miss you, Brett. Um, But I do expect him to hopefully make some better reads, make some, you know, smooth passes, not drop the ball. Like, just simple things, hopefully, that we can get him going with against a team that I think he can dominate if he placed his potential. But... I, again, I don't, I don't, I don't know what to expect out of him, so it's just, it'll be interesting to watch, you know, whether or not he can, he can make that jump, Um, and vice versa, I, I, hopefully our defense can completely shut down a very stagnant San Diego State offense, like, this should be, hopefully, we, we out-talent them across the board, I just hope we can take advantage of that and really impose our will on them.
0: Yeah, I think that if they score more than ten points, we'll be pretty disappointed.
1: Yeah, I I agree.
0: I um, will say uh, we do have to watch out. Juwan Washington had a few had a few uh, a few nice runs, which we expect. I mean, San Diego State has been RBU. For the past four years, with Penny, and um, and the other running back, which I can't think of right now, but they had back-to-back big seasons for their running backs. But uh, I I still think if we if we play the run like we did against Cincinnati, then I think we'll be fine. Just because I don't think. Uh, their quarterback, Agnew, is anything close to what Ritter was um, in terms yeah, of the Yeah, it,
1: it really does. I think for both teams, kind of comes down to you know, both defenses really should key in on the run and force the other QB to try to throw. And I think whichever QB steps up and is successful in doing that and playing well is going to win the game. And so... I think we have a better chance of doing that, and but I, I just I can't confidently say that we we will be able to execute on that. Um, the other thing I'm sort of worried about is like our crowd is gonna probably suck, um, and I'm a little worried it's gonna be a lot of San Diego State fans coming in from San Diego. I mean, it's only a two-hour drive.
0: Yeah, that is true. I don't know how much home field advantage it's at. The game's at 115. It's on the Pac-12 network. It's not. It's going to be a hot day in September. Uh, the students aren't going to be in. So I would say, I, I don't know about you, but we're going to have a pretty record low opening attendance. I, w- I would assume around 38, 35 to 38,000 will be there.
1: I'd be shocked if we broke 50.
0: And just all the factors. I mean, which kind of I think Chip likes. Well, he won't stop right under you know in his own space without all the magnifying glasses. So this could be a good tune-up. It'll be the game will get out of his way early on in the day. Um, I I don't know. I mean, the more I think about it, again, this is optimism kicking in. I do think we're gonna have some big turnovers um, on our defense. Just again thinking about. Uh, this defense... I mean, this offense that uh, San Diego State has. I I expect... I just, again, we have to see... The question mark is, again, our offense. Um, how they look. Which is so funny because we did not expect to be saying that after week one.
1: Right. And that's, that's the scary part. Do you think we're going to... going to get any pressure on their quarterback?
0: Yeah. I think so with this whole line. And it's going to... I mean, it, it'll probably mislead us and what we expect with Oklahoma well actually most likely not because we know Oklahoma has the line they have but it, it may give us some hope that we'll be able to do that the pass rush should look different um against this team
1: yeah I, yeah it'll be it'll be an interesting one to watch and you know hopefully we can get our first win on the board a lot earlier than we did last season in the season in this season so Let's let's see what are your uh, what are your score predictions?
0: Score prediction is I would say
1: 27 UCLA. 20 to 7. Okay. I'm sort of leaning on going like 14 to 3. That's pretty low. I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. I don't. Well, I have not I, seen enough. We out did of get either. 14
0: against Cincinnati, so that's why I just went up six more points just to be conservative. But yeah, um, that's fair. I mean, again, this defense in terms of the pass may be better. So right,
1: right. So yeah, I mean. I would love to see them come out and dominate them like 28-3 or something, but I just I don't see it happening.
0: We'll see. Again, this is one of those games that's probably going to be maybe besides. Oregon State looked good as well, but it'll probably be our shortest preview just because we don't have much tape on San Diego State other than what we saw. Um, but we, uh, we're we expecting this to be. It Actually, I was happy to see that San Diego State wasn't doing as well as we expected we didn't expect them to be that bad on offense so hopefully they can be the game that we need at a time like this
1: yeah i i agree um cool so anything else before we wrap it up
0: that's it on ucla football other shout out um ucla women's soccer has actually had a great weekend um yes they did They beat number one, Florida State, and then beat the other school, which we don't like, Florida Gators, uh, on Sunday. And so,
1: yeah. I don't like anything from Florida, so it was glorious.
0: Fleming, she's doing well. Um, She's holding it down. Uh, So, shout out to the girls. They continuously have been holding it down for
1: now over a decade in (laughs) regards to our school. They... um... Yeah, they're 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 good. They're going to be very good this year and hopefully they bring back a a title home. Yeah, um, not Stanford.
0: They've and Stanford in the past. In, Please. on their way.
1: They hope so. It's the dream. Um,
0: and then the, the girls volleyball team would just want to say tough losses to Baylor and Nebraska but hopefully they bounce back.
1: Yeah, that program's been interesting to watch over the last couple years. They really have not been performing up to their lofty standards as they historically have been uh, excellent. So, you know, hopefully they get it turned around a little bit this year and and get it going in the right direction. But it has been a little bit of a downward trend for them over the last couple of years. Not great. And then, oh yeah, and then men's
0: soccer. Men's soccer as well, they, I believe they started out with Long Beach State, right?
1: I believe so, and then they had an unfortunate double overtime loss to Indiana, I believe yesterday, two days ago. Um, But, you know, that's that's a tough, I think they were on the road, the game got rescheduled from due to lightning to like 7 a.m. the next morning. They still took him to, to double OT and, and lost on a golden goal. So, you know, you can't be too upset about that. So, yeah. Well, I mean, there's a new coach there um, whose name I am forgetting. Uh, so hopefully, you know, he's, he gets him gets going and gets, you know, men's, the men's team back to where they, they should be and, and on the national scale.
0: I have, no, I have a lot of confidence that those programs, both of them will get back to where they are. Um, more so than our revenue sports. Well, one of the revenue sports, I think basketball is doing well as well
1: uh, in the recruiting. Mick Cronin is a goat. Don't at me. <laughs> Cronin, though. He hasn't even gotten a single game game in, and I love the guy. Just Everything he says has been great.
0: Yeah. I mean, he has such a different style than, you know, uh, our football coach. And I, I hope both of them are successful. But Cronin, it's just, it's very infectious, to say the least. And we're starting to see it on the recruiting path. So hopefully um, it, it translates into wins as well come October, yeah. or November, and December. Yeah.
1: We're playing UNC December 21st in the CBS Classic. So that'll be a fun one put that on your calendar i i already got it man i already got it i i fully expect mick to mick to shock the world shock the world don't be a fan later uh uh, the world was shocked just in the wrong way
0: yeah we were definitely uh (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the buzz of the night for the wrong reasons as uh, we didn't want to be but anyways yeah. this Saturday uh, UCLA plays San Diego State um, 115 Pac-12 Network for all of you all who have DirecTV um, make sure to turn on that game um, and yeah that's it for me uh, oh and I'm going to be releasing we're going to be releasing the, the rooting guide um, I mean again it's going to be vastly different from the preseason one but who you're rooting for. Who you're rooting for. Um, but it just gives you some perspective on which teams help us this week. And then I think it will become more important as the stakes become higher uh, down the line. But just having fun with it right now. Uh, and it will be out on Friday.
1: Yeah, it will be a good one. Hopefully, uh, hopefully we will get a win after this. It will change the entire landscape of who you're rooting for. Yeah, who you're rooting for. All right, well, we'll catch you guys later. Go Bruins.
0: Go Bruins. That got really long. That's. I hope that's not a trend when we lose.